So what I want to talk to you about is, uh, I'm going to talk, let me just say this. Uh, if you really open the Bible and look in the first few sentences of the Bible, uh, it tells us about God wanting to reveal himself to people. It says the Holy Spirit hovered like a mother hen over the face of the earth. God had this yearn, had this desire in his heart to, to, for the earth and for, for, for what he saw that he was going to put on the earth which is us. And so God had this right at the very beginning. And then if you read, read the last sentence of the Bible, it says, The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be what be with you. So I believe the entire Bible really is about God wanting to be with us. God's desire to be close to His people and to, to reveal Himself and allow us to experience His revealed presence. His revealed presence. God wants the pe- His people to experience Him in a real, tangible way. Not just, not just by faith, because it's all by faith, but to where you're actually sensing and feeling God in a unique way. And I think the, the you know, very word, uh, if you say open heaven, it carries that meaning that God is available to us and God wants to be with, to be with us. Um, and that's such a powerful, powerful thing. And so last week, um, I'm going to do a review. Because in Exodus 33.3, 3, you know, Moses had gone up on the mountain with the Lord and got the Ten Commandments. And came back down and because he had been there for so long, the people had forsaken uh, pretty much Moses. What heck happened to Moses? And had him made a golden calf and was worshiping it. And, and so the Lord, that's what he said. When the Lord saw that, this is what he said. He said, he was talking to Moses. He said, go, go up to the land flowing with milk and honey, but I will not go with you. In other words, the Lord was saying, I'll do everything that I said I would do for you. I will give you everything I promised you, because that's the way he is. But, but I'm just not going to go with you. I'm not going to be with you. And it's because God was broken, he was, he was hurting in his heart because, because God felt rejected and God felt pushed off from the people. And so that was the, the, the question is, have we intentionally or unintentionally, you know, accepted the blessings of God and the favor of God while pushing away the presence of God unknowingly? That, and, and, and the, you know, the thing I felt the Lord say to me is, if I gave you everything your hearts desired, everything, uh, and fulfilled all your dreams and all your hopes, would you take them if I told you, you can have it all, but I'm not going to be with you like that. I'll even give you an angel. You can still have spirituality, but I'm just not going to be there. Would you take all this? Would you... Your dreams for your children, their health, their wholeness, uh, their blessed future, their protection. I mean, all these are things that we really want and desire from the Lord. And, but would we take those without the Lord? That was the, the real question that the Lord, I believe, was, wants to challenge. He was challenging Israel with. He was challenging, and I believe He challenged us to, today with that. And so... I'm going to um, read this uh, on, you know, in verse 12, when Moses 
actually went to the Lord and spoke to the Lord about him not going with them. That's what I want to read to you. Then Moses said to the Lord, See, you say to me, Bring up this people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. Yet you have said, I know you by name, and you have also found grace in my sight. Now, therefore, I pray, if, if I have found grace in your sight, show me your way that I might know you and that I might find grace in your sight and consider that this nation is your people. And then the Lord said, My presence will go with you and I will give you rest. Then he said to him, If your presence does not go with us, do not bring us up from here. For how then will we be known that your people and I have found grace in your sight except for you go with us? So we shall be separate, your people and I, from all the people who are upon the face of the earth. So the Lord said to Moses, I will also do this thing that you have spoken, for you have found grace in my sight, and I know you by name. So here's some thoughts on this. First of all, Moses had this amazing encounter with the Lord at the burning bush sometime before all this happened. And that radically changed his life. From that moment, his life was completely changed because he encountered God in this real way. And then God gave Moses this commission to free Israel from Egyptian bondage. So that was so he's going through this process. And then the Lord says to Moses, well, I'm not, I'm not going to go. I'm not going to finish this mission with you. I'm just going to be outside. And so, so here was Moses' thing. I'm, I'm putting it in my words. Like, Lord, listen, I spent almost 80 years of my life without you. And I'm not willing to spend another day without you. Because if, you, if your presence, your presence has become, has become the most valuable thing in my life. And I dare not make anything else more important than your presence. I'm not willing to go. I'm not willing to go without your presence. See, Moses really had this value for the presence of God that superseded everything else in his life. And that's really the revelation, one of the greatest revelations of his life is that he carried this huge value for the presence of the Lord. In fact, so, much, so valuable that he was willing not to do anything that God wanted to do, that God had promised. He was not willing to go there. He, I'm not going to go there. I'm just not going to do it because without you, I'm not going to do it. So I think we always... Uh, know that you know God's presence is always with us. That's really right. That's God's presence is always with us. And he's always around us, but we're not always aware of His presence, right? We're not always aware that God's. We we may know that God is with us. We may, may know it in our mind. We may know it theologically. We may even know it by revelation. Uh, but honestly, that's not going to really help you. Ultimately, in your life, to really succeed and be who God called you to be and do what God called you to do without God's revealed presence, because God from the beginning wanted to be with us. God from the beginning wanted to, to show Himself to us. Um, you know that song, the prior song that we were singing, um, you know, I just want to be with you, I want to be where you are. Uh, your love is amazing. That's a really awesome song, isn't it? That's a real worshipful song. Um, so this morning as I, we were singing that song, I was thinking, and I don't do this much, 
What if God was singing that song to us? What if God was saying, I just want to be where you are. I want to be where you're at. I want to be with you because your love is amazing to me. And you see, I think in some ways that's really what the Bible teaches. I think in some ways that's really the revelation of God. That's because God became Emmanuel. God came to be with us. And, and God, and, and this is another thing I felt like the Lord was saying to me, I, I wanted to say this, is I, I felt like He was saying to me, is, is you, you're the one who complicates all this with me. You complicate it because you don't really believe that deep down in your heart. You don't believe that I feel that way. You don't believe that I want to be here with you. So you're trying to, you're trying to get to be with me when I, I want to be with you. I mean, I don't usually think that way. Where God would say to me, Byron, your love is amazing. Your love for me is amazing. And I want to experience your love. You see, that's really where God wants to bring us. He wants to bring us to the place, and this is where Moses was. He was saying to the Lord, he was communicating that, that heart to the Lord. That, Lord, I, I, I really, Lord, love you, and I really value you. I value your presence. And I think a lot of times we don't value the presence of the Lord like that. I think a lot of times that the Lord said, well, well, just go on and I will do it for you. We may go on and let him do it. But I'm not going to be with you. I'm not going to allow you to experience my presence like that. You, you know what I'm saying? Does anybody know what I'm saying? Yeah. So awareness of God's presence really is, is vital to, to our life, I believe, as Christians. I believe, it's, I believe it's the vital thing. It's the necessary thing. It's, it's, it's that we, we have to place that as our greatest priority. It's not just believing that He's with us, but that we need to actually experience His presence. His presence needs to be revealed to us. And I think that's the difference maker. Let me read this verse, John 14, 18 through 21. This is what Jesus said. This is beautiful. I will not leave you orphans. That's powerful. I will come to you. That's what he says. I will, I will come to you. You hear what I'm saying? Jesus was saying, I will not leave you in this state of abandonment. I will come to you. See, that's what God's heart is. He, he, we're trying to get to God and he's trying to get to us. I will come to you. A little while longer and the world will see me no more. But you will see me because I live. You will live also. At that day, you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. That's a kind of funky sentence, really. I mean, it's, it's awesome what it's saying, but he, you can get lost in it real easy. He who has my commandments and keeps them is he who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him, and I will manifest myself to him. So he's talking about this relationship here. I think I've said it before. You know, these, this commandment thing, it's, it's about love. God, that's what God's commandment is. It's not about doing a bunch of stuff. He just, he just wants, he wants to have this love relationship with people. And that's what he's asking for. That's what he's, he's saying here is if you'll do what I command, he, and his commandment is to love. And so he's saying I, what I'm after in my people is this love relationship with them. And then he says, I will manifest 
myself. I will make myself real. It means to shine forth or an outshining. It speaks of a glorious revealing of the Lord. A glorious revealing of the Lord. And the Lord wants to do that with people. Where we experience His presence in an undeniable way. And I'm going to tell you something. Most people who experience the Lord like that, it forever changes them. And there's something in their heart will never be satisfied with anything less. That they will yearn for that for the rest of their life. They'll yearn for it. You may go off the trail sometime and get lost sometimes in your life. But at the end of the day, you're going to go back to that one thing. And that's what happened with Moses. He saw miracle after miracle after miracle. But that wasn't the thing he was yearning for. When God said, I'm not going to go with you. The thing he was yearning for was God. And God's presence in his life. I'm like a Pentecostal preacher up here still, you know. Not quite, but you know how that goes. You know, they, I, this is true. They used to build them plexiglass podiums with a shield on them. They called them spitting shields for these spitting pre. I'm serious. I'm serious. I don't think I would like that. <laughs> of course, I heard Kenneth Copeland say one time the most anointed man he has ever seen in his life was a man up in... The Appalachian Mountains, who couldn't read, who was, but he had such a powerful anointing on him, and he would take his finger and put it in his mouth and touch people, and God would do miracles. I'm like, okay, bring the spit on, you know. <laughs> we want that kind of spit, right? So, you know, Jesus promised us his manifest presence, okay? That's what I want to say. Jesus promised that, and Jesus gave us this thought that he wants to be with us. Now, what I think he was looking for is, do we want to be with him like that? I think most of us would say yes in an emotional moment. But it wasn't an emotional moment for Moses. It was his life. He was saying, I want every day I want to have this experience with you. So there are a few little things here uh, I wanted to bring up to you about the, the value of this presence and what it can do for you. And the first one was the, is the relationship thing. It's hard to have a relationship with a person you're never around, Right? It's hard to have a relationship with a God who never speaks to you. It's hard to have a relationship when you can't hear Him. It's hard to have a relationship when you can't feel Him. You know, God doesn't have a, an account online that you can talk to Him on. So, you know, you can't do... He doesn't have a Skype where you FaceTime with Him. He have, a lot of people do that in relationships. But ultimately, if you're going to have a real relationship with a person, there's going to have to be a physical contact, an emotional, an emotional contact with them. And so that's really what the presence of the Lord does for us, and that's what really causes us to want Him, is that He draws near to us, and He exposes Himself to us to let us feel Him, to let us experience His beautiful presence. And when we begin to feel Him and experience Him, that's really where the love that He's placed in our heart gets activated. And we feel this love for Him. We feel this desire for Him. Christians who don't have this desire, it's because they've drifted off or they've never really experienced the manifest presence of the Lord. Are y'all following this so far? I wanted to read this to you. It's in Genesis 3.8, which I think is pretty powerful. It's, and this is like one of the first times in the Bible where it talks about the presence of the Lord. It says, and this is talking about Adam and Eve. It says, they heard the sound of the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves. Listen, Adam and his wife, listen to me, hid themselves from what? The presence of the Lord. Adam hid himself. And man has been hiding himself from the presence of the Lord ever since. 
because they believed something. They had this thought going in them that was, caused them to retreat from the Lord and pull back from the Lord and hide themselves. They hid themselves amongst the trees of the garden. Now, I know it said they hid themselves amongst the trees. This is what I've always thought about this. Trees can represent many things to us. Every one of us have trees in our life that we're hiding behind. And if you study the New Testament, some of the trees are awesome things. They're great things. They're like family. They're like business. They're like ministry. But we can hide behind all those things. People in the world hide from God in in drugs and sin and pornography those are things people, that's their tree. As Christians, our tree may be legalism. Our tree may be striving. Our tree may be, uh, you know, whatever is distracting you at that moment. Your lifestyle. And it causes us to, to hide from the Lord. And it notes it says they heard the voice of the Lord. They still could hear His voice. But over time, that voice gets fainter and fainter and fainter. In other words... The voice is not as clear as it used to be. And the longer you have these long periods of silence where you're not hearing the Lord anymore. And so in my life, one thing I begin to notice when I feel like I'm drifting from the presence of the Lord, I'm hiding behind some tree somewhere, it's the thing that really I start recognizing is I'm not really hearing the Lord that much no more. I'm not hearing from God. And I realize it's because I've pulled away from God. Because I think God does talk more than we realize He talks. He may not say profound things every day, but He does talk to people. Because God built us for relationship. And the way you have relationship is through communication or communion. Are y'all following this? And so that voice, they still heard the voice even though they were not in His presence. But over time, that voice will get fainter and fainter and fainter fainter in your life. And you have to ask yourself today, if you're not really hearing the Lord, and if if He seems way distance away, well, you get the point. God is reaching out for, like He did with Adam and Eve. He went looking for them. He didn't wait for them to come looking for Him. See, God's looking for people. He's reaching out to people. And a lot of times we can hear God in our bad state. I thank God we do, right? And that's supposed to bring us back. So I think that's another. So one value, if you're going to really have a close relationship with the Lord, you need to be experiencing the manifest presence of the Lord. God wants to reveal himself to you so you can have that relationship. God, I think this, he wants people to know, like he did here, the Lord was going after them, going to where they were and trying to reach them because he wanted to be with them. He wanted to have that relationship with them. We've got to turn that thing around where we see that God's pursuing us. Next thing is uh, the Lord told Moses, uh, my presence will go with you. And I will give you rest. And so here's the truth. I, don't, I believe that's the ultimate way we enter into God's rest is through having his presence working in our life. And that may tell us something about the rest when we feel restless. How many people feel restless at times in your life? I mean, 
where you just feel restless about your life. You feel unsettled about your life. And could it be that when, when we're going through those times when we feel all restless and wandering and, and we have this fear working on us, that we have separated ourselves from the presence of the Lord? Because there's really no true rest. See, see His presence brings rest. It brings you to a place where you don't feel restless. <laughs> have you ever been sitting at home at night watching television? Nothing bad. It could be, you know, something good you were watching. You could be watching preaching on television if you do that such a thing. But you start thinking this thought like, what am I doing with my life? <laughs> Not just about watching television, just in general. What am I doing with my life? Am I wasting my life? I'm doing nothing. I'm doing nothing with my life. I'm not doing anything. You know why you feel that? If you've ever felt it, because I feel it from time to time. I start feeling this thing, like I'm doing nothing with my life. It's because I've pulled back from the Lord. I'm not living in His presence. I'm not engaging Him personally. And so I feel restless. Let me uh, um, read this, uh, Genesis 4, 16. A lot in Genesis about the presence of the Lord, isn't there? Then Cain, listen, went out from where? The presence of the Lord. And dwelt in the land of Nod, N-O-D, on the, e- on the east of Eden. So Nod, this is interesting. This is what Nod means. This is where people go. It's the, the Hebrew root word for wandering. And it has the connotations of restlessness and fear. So it's wandering, restlessness, and fear is where we go when we leave the presence. So it's one thing to hide from the presence of the Lord. See, it started out they hid, but it ultimately they left. You see what I'm saying? It was a process. It didn't happen all in one day. That's the tricky thing about this. You can hide from the Lord. But if you keep going far enough, you're going to go wind up and nod. You're going to leave the presence of the Lord. And then you're going to be a wanderer. Then you're going to feel all this restlessness all the time. Then there's this thing of fear is going to work in your life. Am I talking to anybody besides me? See, these, these are ways to really, to, to, you know what Paul says, judge yourself. How do you, I think, how do you judge yourself? Well, this, this is a good way to judge yourself. Judge yourself about that feeling like you're wondering or you feel restless or you have a lot of fear working on you and anxiety about your future. Judge yourself like that and then realize, hey, I've done just what Cain did. I've left the presence of the Lord because the presence of the Lord is the only place where I can find true rest and true security. And it's really the truth. I'm telling you the truth. I'm not telling you a lie this morning. I'm telling you really what... God really wants you to, God wants to be in your presence. And God wants to reveal himself to you. Are we okay so far? And the last thing, uh, man, I'm just doing great this morning. (laughs) I wanted to say is about your identity. This is what Moses says. "How, How then will it be known that your people and I found grace in your sight except you go with us? So we shall be separate, your people and I, from all the people who are upon the face of the earth. So he's talking about your unique identity as a person. And Moses was, was saying, 
the thing that makes us, and the thing that really gives us true identity is, is the presence of the Lord. And he was saying, you know, if your presence is not with us, then we can't have our true identity. We can't be who you really created us to be. And mankind has come up with a million ways to have identity, right? I mean, a million ways. There's, there's, it's clever how clever, has how, well, in some ways it's awesome, but it's, it's, it's tragic. All the things that we do to feel valued, to feel important, and to feel unique. It's things that we do, mostly, or, or the way we look. Think about, you know, business. A lot of people, everybody wants to be known for something, right? Everybody wants to be known. Well, that person really is an amazing business person. And they can make a lot of money. That's what they're known for. Or that person really is a great preacher. They can preach the pain after the, off the walls. That's what they're known for. That's what they get value f- from. But here's, here's the thing. Guess what's going to happen? Eventually, you'll lose all of that. In fact, I, I'm going to tell you this. It'll be tragic in your life if you don't lose it. It'll be tragic in your life if you don't at some point lose the thing that makes you you, you apart from the Lord. Because that's the way you find out that that really didn't make you, you. That really didn't do it. You see, God tests everything in our life. And whoever you are today, and however you became you, eventually it's going to be tested. It's going to go through some fire. And you're going to get stripped. I'm just going to be honest with you. You will get stripped of your identity. You will get stripped if you're the best preacher or the most anointed worship leader or the strongest guy in school or the prettiest girl in class. All of that will get stripped from you. And like I say, it's a, tra- it's a tragedy if it doesn't because that's how you find your true identity. You try and find your true identity because you're with the Lord. And He makes you special. He makes you unique. It's not what you, all those things are, are outcomes. And it really is tricky, but when I first became a pastor, uh, I had this friend of mine who wanted to talk to me who was really not a lot more brilliant than I was and had a lot more revelation and was really one of the best. Like, I got two people in my life, I think, these are the two best Bible teachers that I ever heard. And this guy was one of them. His name was Tom Bailey. And too bad he's not around, you know, so we can listen to his amazing anointing for teaching the Bible because it was just so awesome to hear him. It was one of those kind of people that was like fresh water when he, when he spoke. But this is what he told me one day. He said, hey, Byron, I'm going to tell you this right now about being a pastor. He said, you better hold that with open hands. He said, that's all I can tell you because one of these days God is going to come to you and he wants to see what's in your hand. And if you're gripping it, he is going to open your hand. He's going to open it. And he's going to take out of your hand what you're holding. And it's best that when he comes, he checks like, oh, yeah. He said, David is the best example that I can give you right now. He said, David was the king. David was awesome. But one day, Absalom stole his kingdom from him. And it was like God was coming to check on David. God let it happen. Hey, David, are you still a David? Are you still David? Because if you're gripping it, you're not David no more. If you're holding it with open hand, you're still David. Oh, you're, you're not gripping this thing. In other words, God wants us to have all these things. Are y'all following this? 
God wants us to have all these things, but He don't want these things to have us. He wants you to be the best businessman. He wants you to be the best artist, the best worship person, the best preacher, the best whatever. He wants you, but He doesn't want them things to have you and grip you where you grip them and you'll do anything anything in your power to preserve those things and be those things, you'll walk all over the top of everybody else in your pursuit, in your protection of your identity and who you really think you really are. Where David just, even a guy was cursing him when he was leaving Jerusalem. And somebody said, should I kill him? He said, no, perhaps the Lord sent him. The guy was throwing rocks at him and cursing him as he was fleeing for his life to get out because Absalom was going to, his son... And one of his guys wanted to kill this old guy. And he said, no, don't do it. Perhaps the Lord told him to do it. Perhaps the Lord told him. I'm not messing with it. Because he wasn't trying to grip anything. He was just letting go of everything. And see, I think this is why, you know, getting your identity from the presence of the Lord preserves you from that. It preserves you. It preserves your life. It preserves you in the day of testing and trial from losing everything. And being destroyed and being broken beyond measure because you lost everything. Are y'all following this? And so that's why to me it's like, you see, God's presence really is valuable. It really is. It's valuable to us as human beings to experience His presence. Because it really does something, does something really powerful in us. So, you know, that's what Moses was saying. Lord, if if we if we got all this stuff, if we got the, the promised land, if we got a bunch of angels camped around and manifesting them something in us, that just wouldn't be nothing, Lord. That wouldn't be good. It just would not be good enough, Lord, because you wouldn't be there. You wouldn't be there, Lord. So I don't want to do this deal no more. And see, I think that's the kind of heart that God wants for us to have towards Him. Like, Lord, church won't be good enough even if the worship is awesome. But if you're not there, Lord, we don't want that. We could have the best home. But, Lord, if you're not there, even if there's angels in the home, if you're not there, Lord. And God really wants us to fall in love with his presence. That's really what he wants, I believe. He wants us to fall in love with his presence. God wants us to know. I think that song really, really was, it really does speak. It's the Lord saying, I want to be where you are. Your love's amazing. You see, when we start seeing God like that, it makes us fall in love with Him. Because I was like going back and forth, well, no, I want to be where you are, Lord. <laughs> I'd like to be in heaven up there with you in the spiritual realm right now. But the Lord said, no, I want to be with you right now. This is where I want to be. Byron, your love is amazing. That sounds weird, doesn't it? It sounds weird, but it's true. God is saying to us, your love is amazing. Your love for me does something for me. It touches me. It does something for me. Well, we would value God's presence above everything else in our life. Amen? Amen. All right, why don't you stand up? Maybe Ryan will come on up here. Ryan did great on the transition, didn't he? Oh, yeah, that was awesome, Ryan. You know, it was pretty good. That's sort of prophetic, I think. Yeah, very prophetic.
you know, God wants to use certain people now in this new season. If you're a person who hasn't been being used lately, I think what was happening this morning was very much the Father's heart. He was saying not only what he was doing, but he was demonstrating it by the different people that he was using this morning to release his presence. Not that Sarah and Ryan has never released his presence before, but there was a lot more anointing and authority resting on them this morning. Amen? Amen. And so that's prophetic for you. That God wants to release a lot more anointing and authority on your life to release him and to release what God's doing in this new time. Amen? Because God's doing new things. So, Father, first of all, um, I just pray, Lord, mm, mercy, Lord. Hallelujah. Lord, mm, somehow... I just pray your voice was heard this morning. I just pray somehow, Lord, that you would infect us. Lord, I pray for people in this room who've never had an encounter or their encounter was so long ago that they've almost forgotten it. They've forgotten what it's like to experience your presence or they've never experienced your presence manifested like Jesus said where they encountered you and they realize how wonderful you are and how awesome you are. Lord, and it causes us to become like Moses, like I'm not willing to do this no more. I'm not willing to go forward without you, without your presence, Lord. Father, I just pray you'd release that. I pray for people to have real personal encounters with a living God, with Christ. He would manifest Himself. I pray for those in this room who have forgotten. I pray for those in this room who have gotten, allowed other things, who are hiding behind the trees, or who have even left the presence of the Lord and forsaken His presence. I pray for them this morning. Lord, I pray you would do something. I pray you would do an encounter with them. I pray you would chase them down, Lord. I pray you'd chase them down and fill their hearts with your presence. Fill their room at night with a glow of your, your orange fire from heaven. That, that we would all experience that, Lord. And Lord, that we'd have a place where you rest in the earth. Where you rest in the earth. Those scriptures I read to you prove that God wants places, physical locations where his presence rests. They, it says they left the presence of the Lord and went to another place. I declare this, that God is going to have places in the earth, physical, geographical spots where His presence is condensed, where there's a heaviness of His presence for people to experience. And it could be your house. It could be your house. It could be your house. It could be your workplace. It could be your office. It could be any church, any church. God wants to do that. Lord, do it here. Where people could come here and experience this love, this forgiveness, this mercy. Lord, not, let us not be, let us be people who would say, Lord, we're not going. We're not going to the promised land. Our land of promises, if you're not in those promises, if you're not right there with us, and your presence is not being manifested. I'm just asking, I, I tell you this, I feel like the Lord's convicting people this morning about the presence of the Lord. That's, that's what I feel. I feel conviction in this room. Because a lot of you have experienced the Lord, but you've made something else more important than His presence. You've made your time, 
You've made the cares of your life more important than the presence of the Lord. You've made your farms, your businesses. That's what Jesus brought out. These things are more important. The king has to know, oh, i got a farm I need to take care of. I mean, I feel like that's really what the Lord was saying. It's like, no, take care of this first. All that will take care. Be okay. It will work out. I'll make it work out for you. So, Lord, just help us, Lord. Help us, Lord.